Quarterbacks. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May. We'll have Trent Smallwood here on with us in a little bit. Something happened. We don't know. Trent was here, and all of a sudden he froze up right when we were about to go live, and he's gone. Anyways, uh, we're here on Rumors versus Facts, and we Georgia just got a big commitment, Jed, from Monroe Freeling. Uh, rivals 250 lineman Stacy Searles picks him up after recruiting him uh, hard w- when he was at North Carolina. And that's a big pickup for Georgia to kind of start off this show here. Right before we get going, uh, Monroe Freeland gives us a topic to talk about. Yeah, I'm actually his, his video of his uh, commitment ceremony is on Twitter right now. It looks like he had an American flag with a Georgia flag wrapped up in it. And he, he took the American flag off and started waving the Georgia flag around. But but yeah, I mean, it's a huge pickup. We've talked about offensive line has been a topic um, on this show for weeks. And, and Monroe Freeling has kind of been that X factor guy where this class can kind of go in two different directions, depending on what happens with him. And obviously he's on board now. So if you look at this offensive line class after all the the, the hand wringing and Monroe Freeling's arrivals, 250 guy, Bo Hewley's a 250 guy. Um KJ Smith very easily could end up being a 250 guy by the time his senior season's over. And then you got Joshua Miller, who's got plenty of versatility and talent as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, just it's, it's, this is, there's obviously been other commits recently, right? But I think given where the offensive line recruiting has been, this is one of the bigger pickups for Georgia in a few months, it feels like just kind of stabilize that offensive line class. Seems like some much-needed momentum. And speaking of much-needed momentum, let's try one more time to add Trent Smallwood into things. Trent, are you with us? I think so. Um, I don't know what's happening, but uh, I'm here. Man, that, 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 uh, that Wi-Fi down in Flyer Branch is giving us trouble today. I don't know what's going on. But uh, now we are here on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. The screen looks a little bit different, a little bit different look on the show tonight, and that's because – we now have a sponsor, gentlemen. We're moving up in the world. We've got Auto Owners Insurance with the Turner Wood and Smith Insurance Agency. Uh, I can speak personally on these guys because my wife's windshield, I had a crack in it this morning. We found out we got to get the whole windshield replaced. I called up Trey Wood at Turner Wood and Smith. He fixed me up, going to get that thing replaced on Friday and pay just a very, very small deductible. So I can speak from experience. Turner Wooden Smith is a great insurance agency, and they are the sponsor of UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. Auto Owners Insurance is one of the terrific uh, is one of the terrific agency uh, policy holders that they have. Both have been around for over a hundred years, guys. So you're getting some tried and true, uh, tested insurance here. So Turner Wood and Smith, call them today in Gainesville, Georgia, but they do business with anybody all over the state. So UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts, presented by Auto Owners Insurance and Turner Wood and Smith Insurance. So uh, Trey, I'm or, uh, Trey, uh, Trent. I'm sure you know uh, Trey Wood and some of those guys at uh, at Turner Wood and Smith. Oh yeah, good guys. Uh, I mean, give them a try. I know that. Uh, those are a good group of guys with a good product and, uh, uh, thankful they're sponsoring the show. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff right here. So, uh, now that we got the housekeeping taken, uh, out of the way there, we can get back to Monroe Freeling. Uh, Jed was just talking about how big of a pickup that was before you kind of came back here with us, Trent. So, uh, from your perspective, a guy who's, you know, six, seven, a little bit leaner than, than Georgia typically takes offensive linemen, but, 
Uh, is this just more so of a projection thing of what Monroe Freeling could be and could look like? He's talented, but what he could be and could look like physically being inside that Georgia strength and conditioning program? Oh, definitely. I mean, he, he's got all the tools to be be good. And, you know, offensive line is a tough position to project uh, when for the next level just because you don't know how, you know, the body's going to develop and stuff. But he, he's definitely a, uh, uh, you know, 6'7", you know, he's got the size, you know, he needs to add a little weight, but uh, this was a guy that, you know, Georgia's missed on several top offensive line targets. And this was important for Stacey Saros just for the fact that uh, he needed, he needed to land uh, a top tier uh, offensive lineman in this class. And uh, he went out and did just that with Freeling. Absolutely. Jed, uh, what, who may be next? I got to plug in my computer real quick or we're about to die on this thing. So who might be next at offensive line for Georgia? Are they done this? Yeah, um, I think I could see them taking just these four. You look at Bo Hewley, they're still – we, we talked about him potentially flipping a few weeks ago. It looks like that momentum with Auburn has cooled off. Uh, they're still going to be trying to keep him in the class, obviously. And then they're going to be going after those five-star guys, TJ Shanahan and Samson Okanlola. Um, doesn't appear to be a ton of traction there right now. I'd probably say there's maybe a little bit better chance with Okanlola than Shanahan at this point maybe. But um, – yeah, I mean, I think if, if Georgia got to signing day and signed these four guys, then uh, they'd be happy with that. But they're definitely going to you know, keep recruiting some of these guys and, and see if they can take another one as well. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think that when it comes down to it, um, you're really looking at offensive line as well as running back as being two of the positions that I think Georgia could pursue most heavily in the transfer portal after this season, um, you know, because – Von Prong Granger, he's uh, he's you know eligible to go in the, in the draft after this year, right? Is he or is he his only second year? I can't remember how many years he's been there now, but he's a, he's a very talented guy. Even if it's one or two years, you're gonna have to have somebody eventually step up at the at the center position. Uh, you're gonna lose some tackles after this year with McClendon and Jones probably going on to the next level. Uh, I know Amarius Mims is is there waiting in the wings, but you can never have too much depth in Georgia's likely to go out and add that depth to the transfer portal this offseason instead of that's one position that that, Trent, that Kirby does not like to rely on true freshmen is offensive line. No, no definitely. He, he, he likes – you know, he has done it in the past with, with you know, the ultra-talented players, the Andrew Thomas guys of the world. But uh, he, he doesn't like plugging uh, freshmen there. And it, it took – you know, last year, Broderick Jones, as a redshirt freshman, took all the way to the uh, – basically the last – a uh, couple games to start seeing a heavy dose of playing time. And, and that's really paid off for him going into this year, but it's usually the end of the second towards the third year is when he, you know, likely likes to get those guys uh, to start uh, contributing heavily. But um, I think if you, if he wants to lose a bunch of guys in this, in after this year, you could see a lot more younger guys playing on the office line next year than, uh, than Kirby's accustomed to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, Jed, well, I know we're going to deviate a little bit from recruiting here into the current team, but he talked about today a guy like a, a, a Devin Willock Kirby talked about in competition and, and even Tate Ratledge. Neither one of them have really played a whole lot uh, for Georgia, but that just shows um, that how much that, that depth and having 
quality guys like that because they're competing. I, I think the other people, Warren Erickson, competing there as well, Xavier, uh, Xavier Trust. So uh, a lot of depth there at the guard position, and I think that's that's a that's a key for Georgia and why they've been so successful on the offensive line for several years. Yeah, and you throw Jared Wilson and Micah Morris and um, Austin Blasky into the mix there too. And it's – like you said, you can never have enough depth. There's always linemen getting dinged up, right? You get rolled up on, you get, you know, stepped on, whatever. Um, so, yeah, you, you try to bring in – I mean, that's why they try to take four or five guys every year. Um, and you look at the last year's class, they had a, a certified stud, right, in Ernest Green. And then you look at some of these other guys, like Jacob Hood's maybe more of a, a de- de- developmental type guy. Uh, same for a little Bob, maybe Griffin Scroggs, Drew Bobo. Um, so they needed a little bit more, not necessarily college ready, but a few more um, higher end guys this year. And you look at Hewley and, and Freeland, two guys, like you said, Trent, they both need to add a little bit of weight, I think, but they definitely got all the tools, the size, that kind of thing to, to be uh, impact college football tactics down the line. Yeah. I, I, I think every, so- I think everybody's a, uh, you know, I, and the offensive line, I kind of look at everybody being a project uh, coming into uh, in college, especially for Georgia. You know, a lot of people do play younger guys, and they, you know, kind of go with the growing pains. But uh, I think coming into to like a system like Georgia's, uh, the way they like to use offensive linemen, I think every offensive lineman coming in is a project. Now, what you know, who develops, who who is able to put on the weight, sustain the grind, and stuff like that is. Uh, uh, so some of the guys get on the field faster than the others, but you know I, I think it is a uh, a developmental position at Georgia uh, in particular. Absolutely, UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts presented by Auto Owners Insurance and Turner Woodensmith. We're breaking down the Monroe Freeling commitment and also looking forward to in-season recruiting. So we've talked about Monroe Freeling. That's a huge get for Georgia, and now uh, Jed and Trent it kind of starts Georgia's sweet spot in recruiting, right? You know, they're, they're really, really good at getting guys on campus, but even, even with some of these bigger neutral site games, even though they can't, you know, have contact with the players and really host them, quote-unquote, they do get a chance to put their product on the field and let that Georgia fan base be around, uh, be around the team and be around the game day atmosphere there's a lot of guys already already saying they're coming and Jed uh, we got some confirmation we'd already kind of uh hinted at a big addition to the list a couple weeks ago but got a little confirmation uh heading into the show tonight if you want to share that one yeah five-star quarterback Jaden Davis is is rumored to be attending the game on Saturday uh from Charlotte so not that uh not too long of a drive and yeah it's it's like you said, getting the team on the field, everyone's saying, okay, Georgia needs to show what these receivers can do and put up big numbers for these receivers. The first chance to do that is going to be in five days when Georgia faces Oregon and Stetson Bennett, A.D. Mitchell, Lad McConkie, and those guys are on the field. So um, Georgia's closed strong. I mean, you think about it this time last year, how many guys that ended up in the class weren't on the radar yet or weren't committed. I mean, think Jaheim Singletary, Marvin Jones. Um, I don't know if Julian Humphrey was still committed to Florida at this time last year, but um, Andrew, no one knew who Andrew Paul was. So, um, like you said, Blaine, it's the sweet spot. There's probably there's there's four months till December signing date, and another couple after that till February. And this is where things really start to pick up for this 23 class, especially for a Georgia program that um, typically finishes strong. 
Trent, how much impact can a, a neutral site game like this have on somebody? You know, Chris Peel, is it going to be in attendance? Jaden Davis's uh, teammate and a senior um, defensive back that, that Georgia's uh, recruiting. So him, a, a few others, uh, you know, wouldn't be surprised to see someone like a Sammy Brown who lives in state maybe show up. He was at the Clemson game last year. So how much of an impact can these have? I know uh, – the defensive defensive lineman uh, Christian Christian Miller he had a big impact on him last year so just kind of talk about that and maybe what they can get from the experience yeah I think it can have a huge impact like it, we've talked about in the past uh most of the time a a game day visit is not going to make or break a com- like a, a commitment wise um it's not going to make you turn you know when are the wins or losses uh not necessarily going to make you turn when big games like this but I do think you know the atmosphere it should be you know, 70, 30, 80, 20, Georgia, maybe more. Um, that It should be really loud in there with, with dog fans. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. Um, just being uh, opening weekend, basically, of college football, uh, it can it can be big. I mean, it can make a big impact. kind of sets the standard of, of what to expect when you're going on these other visits. And I know they're not being able to talk to the coaches, but it's just the atmosphere of a top, you know, tier matchup of, of top programs. And uh, – and if Georgia can come out and have a good showing, especially, uh, I think it's going to be, you know, it, it, it's going to work out uh, in their favor. But still, I think just the atmosphere alone is uh, is going to, you know, push some of these guys, uh, get some momentum in Georgia's corner. Absolutely. And we're going to uh, touch on many other topics here, uh, you know, when we get to our vault questions. But first, um, kind of last one here, Jed, you, met, you brought up a point about, you know, recruits getting to see what's on the field. Uh, saw some Georgia Georgia staffers, you know, support staff, recruiting staff posting on Twitter today and, and things of that nature that, hey, you know, all these programs, they've been telling you what you're going to see this fall. Now it, now it's time to see who who tells the truth, you know. And, and for Georgia, that works, you know, for them. And against them at times, it seems, you know, defensively, people love what they see. Running backs, tight ends, they love to see. It seems like the the wide receivers, the negative recruiting is still kind of killing Georgia uh, right now in terms of that. But, Jed, you know, big opportunity for guys like A.D. Mitchell and Lad McConkey to really build upon a first year that they had and, and kind of break through that gra- glass ceiling of a 1,000 yards. Yeah, and this is – it's kind of like what we talked about going into last year. Okay, JT Daniels is back. How much more comfortable is he going to be with a full offseason? Same thing applies now to Stetson Bennett. He's had a full offseason as a starter. Another year in Todd Munkin's offense. And that should lead to a more wide-open attack, right? More deep shots, more um, maybe more individual big games for receivers that lead to big seasons. And when you've got – if you whatever receivers are going to be in attendance on Saturday or watching the game on TV, the 330, I believe that's the by far the biggest game on TV at 330 – that they're going to get a chance to see that. So it's going to be big. Obviously, Kirby doesn't think about making recruiting statements necessarily during the game, but that's going to be a huge benefit if he goes out there and, and Georgia shows what they can do with this offense. And I think, you know, just from basically what I've heard is he, he doesn't look at, like you said, Jed, making in, in the past, he hasn't looked at that. I think I think that's changing a little bit. I think that there's a a, <laughs> yeah. a mindset in Athens that is changing with in that regard because I think last year you know you get a lead you see them just kind of run out the clock you see a mm-hmm. backup quarterback come in just hand the ball off. I think that mindset's changing a little bit. And he knows that that's affecting recruiting. 
So who's going to be the, the Ed Yost on the staff that looks at Kirby and says, run it up, Herman, leave no <laughs> doubt you know, over there on the, on the sideline. Because I'm telling you, it feels like as, as nuanced as and educated as a fan base may be and, and how much people understand, hey, it's all about the Ws and things like that, it, it gets a little uh, less nuanced to some of these recruits. They see they see some a couple of big things. They see points. They see yards. They see dollar signs. <laughs> they see playing time. Those are the things that that they that they see. Georgia's done a actual really good job of getting young pass catching targets, whether it's tight ends or wide receivers, on the field. I mean, they're they're top three. Uh, receive top three in receptions last year were all freshmen, uh, either red shirt or true freshmen in uh, Donnie Mitchell, Ladd McConkey, and Brock Bowers. But it's that production at the uh, wide receiver position. I mean, Brock Bowers went over 800 something yards last year. He's been one of the closest to a thousand in a while. So, Trent, I, I think that you're exactly right. I think you're going to see. And, and it's going to be a very interesting dynamic if, let's say, Georgia's up by 21. They're 18 point, they're 17 and a half, 18 point favorite. Let's say they're up by 21 in the fourth quarter. Does Kirby, does Kirby say, well, that's my buddy over there. That's, that's my guy. You know, I don't want to bury him on his, on his, uh, on his first game. Or does he just say, listen, I got to get that five star recruit, you know, uh, two classes from now? How does, does do you think that creeps into his mind at all? I mean, I'm sure it does, but th- this is a business now, and and the the way recruiting has tilted away from you know certain things and, and with the NIL and stuff, Georgia's got to show if they're not going to enter the NIL game heavily like some other programs are doing, which is which is fine, but you've got to show that you you can't you can't go 55 45 pass run in the first half and then go. 15 80 85 pass run in the second half and i know it's because you're just blowing somebody out and you know they can just we'll just run the same play over and over and not show anything but it it means something to these recruits when they look at the end and say oh i don't even uh, uh, ad mitchell he had oh four catches for 84 yards but it was all in the first half i mean if you if you put that kid on the field for two halves okay we're looking at 150 yards and seven receptions which is a whole looking a whole lot better to recruits this is all about recruiting now and uh, and I know that Kirby hadn't looked like that in the past. He's like, look, it's SEC grind. Let's get in and get out. But you you got to he he has to start looking at a different approach from from that standpoint. As yes, put put your second string quarterback in, put your third string quarterback in, run your offense that you've been running the whole game. Toss the toss the ball around. It's only going to help develop the second string quarterback, third string quarterback, but it's also going to help with your numbers. And I think numbers is what these uh, receivers are looking at. Yeah, numbers sometimes do lie, huh? That's, uh, that's exactly what's happening here with some of these guys. So without, uh, we've kind of touched on some of the main topics coming in here. Now let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and hit some of these um, some of these questions that we have. And I'm going to take the uh, banner off there so we can go ahead and put this up. Uh, Boy Racer, right here, Jed, kind of made a similar point to what you had uh, a while ago. So tell us what Boy Racer 45's got for us. Yeah, a year ago, Michael Williams was committed to USC, Dalen Everett to Clemson, and Marvin Jones Jr. wasn't on our radar. Then we closed on all three. Which prospect? Which prospects do you see potentially being similar this year? Yeah, so uh, you know, guys that could potentially flip. Um, what do you What do you guys think 
that could be similar. I know the name that that pops off that that everybody wants to hear right off the bat is Justice Haynes. They're they're hoping that that Justice Haynes is a guy uh, that kind of like a Michael Williams, a state of Georgia guy, somebody that Georgia thought early on they had kind of wrapped up, and then he goes somewhere else, and there's you know implications of you know people saying, well, is it is it the NIL? Is it early playing time? What it what is it that's going on? Could be a very similar thing if Del McGee were able to get him late. I think he's kind of locked in Alabama right now. But does anybody else come come to come to mind for you guys? Um, let's see. I mean, I think they would still probably recruit Chase Basantis, who's committed to Texas A and M, a lineman they were after for a while. Um, just like like we were just talking about another lineman to add for depth. He's a good guy. He probably projects as more maybe a guard at the next level. Um, I mean, honestly, just thinking of running backs. Do we think it would maybe be more – like, I don't know. I could see Richard Young almost be more likely to flip to Georgia. than Not saying that it's likely at all, but we could almost see that more than I could Justice. Almost. If he it's almost hard. It's almost hard to fathom that Alabama is getting two two running backs that caliber in the class. It really is. I know Savannah Dog on the vault. Shout out to Savannah Dog. He is his world is absolutely in shambles because uh, Richard Young and um, and Justice Haynes are are going to Alabama. He can't believe it. Uh, so that 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 could be a very uh, interesting scenario there. But you know. Trent, I, think, I mean, a wide receiver, maybe. Yeah, and and the issue is the out of the guys you mentioned, the I mean, uh, Everett and uh, those guys wasn't on our radar. I mean, mm-hmm. it, when we started the fall, so so there's guys out there that you know that Georgia's probably offered. Georgia's um, probably been in it in the past, but you're going to see a a you know. Start start seeing some movement in in some of these other guys that they were on probably back in you know December January that starts popping back up and we you know Michael Williams we knew about actually we actually stuck with uh, you know we thought Michael Williams would end up at Georgia even when he committed to USC and a lot of stuff was going on there uh, we did have a little you know feeling there that that he was going to be in this class but the other two kind of popped up as the fall went along and that, this is why I say a lot of people worry about what takes place in the spring and the summer. But this is a complete different ball game when, when Kirby, you know, Kirby's teams take the field, you start seeing what it's like, start seeing what game days are like, um, start seeing what the product on the field. And uh, you're going to see a lot of movement that of guys that uh, are, are unexpected, unexpected to us, unexpected to y'all. And we'll, we'll start hearing more about that as the fall and, and the game's gone. Absolutely. I think that there's, there's guys and, you know, let's say that Georgia – Let's say that Georgia does end up coming out and sets in Bennett with a year two under Todd Munkin, as as Jed uh, pointed out, and and the, the, all the tight ends he has, the the established receiver targets and Mitchell and McConkey. What if he comes out and has a, a 30, 3,500 yard season, you know, and 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 I think he threw twenty nine touchdown passes last year. What if that number uh, encroaches more up towards forty on the year? You're going to see guys throughout the year, game seven, game eight, uh, around that around that time, say, "Okay, uh, Georgia really has uh, they are they are being more explosive on offense and things of that nature." So I think it's going to take results at the wide receiver position. I don't think Georgia's going to stop recruiting Anthony Evans. Uh, you know, 
Brian, Brian McClendon put a lot of time and effort into that one. And uh, Georgia, we said we were going to talk about Georgia, felt very, very good about Anthony Evans. Like, literally the quote that, that Roddy got from a source was 99% sure it's Georgia. And, man, that 1% uh, turned out to be true for uh, Oklahoma and, and, and Jed you know that didn't that didn't occur till late. He was committing at five o'clock, three o'clock uh, Eastern time is when uh, Georgia and Oklahoma found out that it, that the tide had kind of shifted on that one. Yeah, and, and we've we've made no real secret about it. We had stories ready, we had graphics ready. I mean, we like you mentioned, Blaine. We we'd heard all along for weeks, really. That I mean, how long had we had that Anthony Evans story ready? A couple, two, three weeks at least. So, um, it. You know, it, it happens. Um, there's every kid has their own reasons and, and stuff like this happens. But but like you said, Georgia's not going to stop recruiting him. Um, there's a kid, Jurion Dickey, who's a receiver committed to Oregon, who has a Georgia offer. There's guys like that. I think receiver, they're going to target a late flip. Running back, obviously, being that they don't have one committed yet. Yeah, um, Roger Roger Robinson out of uh, that's committed to UCLA out of San Diego. That's definitely one to keep an eye on there. But uh, continue, Jay. Go ahead. Yo, yeah, just like you said, Roderick Robinson. And, um, you know, I don't really see a, a quarterback flip probably happening. I think Portal's probably more likely there. Um, and, yeah, you know, there, there's all – and like like you said, Trent, so many of these guys – like there's a reason y'all aren't hearing much about – weren't hearing much about those guys at this time last year is because they weren't on our radar either. So we're going to keep an eye on these guys, both guys that have movement, Jordan gets in the page for, and guys that blow up. Um through this fall so um and here's yeah. the here's the thing if you think of it like if you think of it like a uh a budget so to speak with with nil right if if teams have uh have a budget if they if they if the collectives have a budget I'll, maybe some of these schools who've uh used up the allotment early on and uh georgia hasn't necessarily broke the bank uh to to get in some of their guys maybe maybe that uh there's a little bit room left at the end and Kirby Smart even without the NIL era uh has always uh pulled in you know some some surprises late so I don't I don't expect this one uh to be to be different all right let's see what we've got here on our next question here uh Elko Dog yeah Elko Dog any insight to why Georgia hasn't offered Jamarian Wilcox yet Okay, so I went and saw uh, Jameer and Wilcox play on Friday night versus uh, Juju Lewis, and Jameer and Wilcox ripped off a 56-yard touchdown run, uh, had a couple other long runs. He, he is a very good player, um, does not have an offer from Georgia right now, but mainly because I think you know we're in the official offer time here, Trent. If you offer somebody, it's got to be a committable offer, and uh, – I just feel like right now um, there is maybe an eye towards that future, like I'm talking about with the transfer portal and thinking, okay, we have to assess what's out there in the high school class right now versus is it going to be better than the crop of guys in the receive in the uh, transfer portal this offseason? Yeah, and I, I think you get to a point, and we've talked about this in the past with in-state guys, is, is – there's a there's a chance you send out an offer. There's a chance of an immediate uh, commitment. And uh, are they ready to co commit to that guy? And and when you when you go through that, 
and you have something that wants to pop up late, uh, maybe um, one of those Alabama commitments want to jump on board. Maybe uh, Roderick wants to uh, flip. Then you have to worry about burning bridges inside your own state and telling, you know, making that decision if you if you are not going to take him. So I think they're going about it the right way. They want to be sure uh, this is the choice for them. Uh, with these in-state guys, they want to be sure – and uh, and I think they'll con- continue to evaluate Wilcox, and 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 that'll go on in the fall. And, and an offer could come, and I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying that I think they're going to take their time with this offer and and uh, and make sure that it's the a right fit, and before they send it out. He's a good player, though. I I, I was impressed. Uh, you know, Friday night he did some good stuff in pass protection. Uh, had some a couple long runs. Uh, you know, did did. It'd have to come off the field a few times, a little bit winded, but it's early in the season, you know, uh, get, getting those uh, getting those reps, getting that game game shape back in. But, uh, no, I think uh, Wilcox is a fine fine athlete, but we'll, we'll uh, see what ends up happening with his future and with the future at Georgia at running back in the class of 2023. I'm going to just read this one off, Jed, so we don't have to uh, put it on the screen here. Medical Dog, he says, is this the perfect time to panic? Uh, So is this the perfect time to panic? I think that question was written before Monroe Freeling committed to Georgia this afternoon uh, on the vault, but I don't know. I mean, I I don't know how you can, you know, justify panic with with Kirby Smart at the helm, you know, so so far in his career at Georgia recruiting-wise, Jed? Yeah, I mean, I, I get why people would want to panic because there's not a running back committed. All these receivers are, are are going elsewhere. But like you said, there's so many – there's so many time – so much time, A, for Georgia to to hit one of these guys, Hakeem Williams. Tyler Williams is, is committing in, I guess, probably three weeks or so. We feel like Georgia's in a good spot there. Um, so – they're, they're, and there's so much time for guys like we were just talking about to come out of nowhere and emerge as guys. I mean, again, I keep going back to Andrew Paul. No one knew who he was until February last year, and he was having a great camp, it sounded until like. Until two days before, before, before signing day. <laughs> uh, last week, I believe. As, as you guys turned into black screens with little spinning circles there, yeah, there's a little too much stuff going on. Um, yeah, it's, I get why people would want to panic, but until – Things get a little bit later in the cycle, and the season starts going on. I don't think there's, I don't think panic is necessarily uh, warranted. Uh, a commitment is not a signature, and I think that's what people uh, look at. The yeah, they're committing elsewhere, but you know, I've had some talks in the past week of two or three five-star prospects that they do not, be- they do not feel that they will end up at the school they are committed to, and it, it you know, it's just, uh, it's just the way that. W- w- what year we're living in and, and the way uh, commitments go, uh, but there's no signatures. So I, everything's still fair game. I, every, all Georgia commitments, all, all these other guys, they're still fair game. And I think you're going to see a lot of, you're going to see a lot of movement within classes and I'm not necessarily, that's going to uh, benefit Georgia and them. Will it? I don't know, but there's going to be a lot of movement in, uh, and you know, Georgia's always seemed to reap, you know, the benefits towards uh, November and December. Absolutely. And speaking of panicking, we do want to mention once again, you don't have to panic if you go with Auto Owners Insurance powered by Turner Wood and Smith Insurance Agency. They are the sponsor. Hey, look, we got an NIL deal. Red Womack pointed out on YouTube. We got an NIL deal here on Rumors versus Facts. 
both over 100 years old. Great service. Like I said, I, this morning, my wife needs a new windshield uh, and called this morning, called up Turner Wood and Smith Agency. They got the claim submitted, everything set up for me. Going to have that thing redone on Friday. So auto owners insurance and Turner Wood and Smith, both over 100 years old. And we're proud that they are uh, sponsoring UGA Sports rumors versus facts so uh guys i uh, had to give another shout out to our sponsor there but we have a couple more questions here let's try to run through these uh j doggy says do you guys foresee the offensive side of this class turning around before early signing day i think we've already kind of addressed that one you know we we've uh, we've hit that there's going to be some there's likely to be a flip here or there, especially at, at one of the one either or probably of the skill positions, receiver or running back, maybe uh, maybe even an offensive lineman. But, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see quarterbacks. I think we can move on um, from that one. Uh, we've got one here, and I'll go ahead and put this one on the screen just so we don't have to – so we can all see it. Uh, Dirty Low Country Dog says, who might be some of the players we're looking at to flip it Sunday? We've already talked about that. Never mind. That was the wrong question. Let's go with CB, CBuck11. What type of prospects does UGA look for at offensive line? Freeling seems very long. However, he's not heavy. We talked about this a little bit earlier, Trent, in terms of, you know, he's going to add weight and stuff like that. But it, is there a transition now? Or are we still trying to figure out what Stacy Searles is looking for? Because under Sam Pittman, there was one common theme. Find the biggest guy you can absolutely find. Somebody's going to just move somebody from point A to point B. Kirby Smart uh, still talks about having mass, you know, in, in, in press conferences and things like that. But what do you think Georgia's keys are when they're looking for offensive linemen? Yeah, I don't think it's like it was when, when they had Sam Pittman. I think that's uh, moved a little bit because they were more of a – I guess their offensive scheme was more of a power run, and uh, and they wanted those big guys up front. But now it's kind of shifted. They're running a lot of wide receiver screens. They're running a lot of stuff where offensive linemen got to get out and, and uh, get downfield and block, and I think they're looking for the more athletic. They're still looking for mass, don't get me wrong, because Kirby's still – if it's – if it's third and one, you better dang sure he's yelling in his uh, headset to run the damn ball. Uh, that's just the way he is. Uh, but uh, you st- they're still looking for mass, but they're looking for athletes. They're looking for athletes at the position. Uh, and I know I've been told this in the past that he looks for guys that can dunk a basketball. Offensive linemen that can they're athletic on the basketball court. Uh, he looks for those type of guys, and, and the guys like Broderick Jones, the guys like Amarius Mims, the the guys that are. Uh, uh, obviously, they they come in a little uh, slim, like like uh, what Georgia's uh, landed today. But uh, but guys that can develop and and, and get out on screens and get out on outside runs and and make blocks downfield. I think that's what they're looking for to go a little bit more up tempo and and not have to worry about taking off his lineman out. So. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think that stamina, even on both sides of the ball, the trenches are changing now. You know, that that was one thing that people were talking about after the SEC championship game on the defensive side. Oh, can Jordan Davis be on the field versus Alabama because he looked gassed and and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, I think it is changing on both sides of the ball in the trenches. You got to be. You got to be, uh, you know, definitely big, but you got to be lean, and you got to be able to 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 kind of keep that motor going, as uh, one of the old football cliches is there. So, um, yeah, for sure, I, I think uh, I think that is evolving, and it's not just a certain person style; it's just how football 
is is evolving as well. Um, these these real quick, we'll hit. Oh, you heard Schwartz said, did you watch any of the high school games on ESPN this weekend? Didn't. I was really focused in on uh, college games, watching that dumpster fire uh, over in Dublin for Nebraska. I'm surprised they brought Scott Frost back on the plane with them. Uh, and then, you know, uh, did UGA ever recruit Mark Fletcher? Jetty's a running back committed to Ohio State. He had an offer from Georgia. I don't think it ever got very serious because, like I said, Justice Haynes and Richard Young were the main guys that, that they were really looking at there. Um, Colin Simmons, not not so much either. So uh, I, well, I think those are guys that, that were kind of out of it. I believe Colin Simmons is – I think he's referencing the guy, the 2024 edge defensive end type, unless there's a different Colin Simmons out there. I know Georgia is in it for him. He has an offer. He was the number one player in 24. He dropped down to number four. And, change, and changed down. Yeah, um, but I don't think there's I don't think there's anything imminent there right now. No, it's yeah, just in the in the early stages offer. with him. Um, he was supposed to visit in the summer. I'm not sure if he made it to Athens or not. Um, it's he's a Texas guy, so you obviously look at Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma schools like that. Georgia's recruiting him. Um, there's still a long way to go there, but um, you know, I got name a name to know for sure. But um, like you said, like nothing imminent. Wouldn't say Georgia is. The favorite, or even necessarily a favorite, for him right now. Yeah, uh, Jeb, we got something from Speedy Dog here. Yeah, who does Georgia really want number one at quarterback in the twenty-four class? Are the coaches going to put all the marbles in one bag again, like Arch? And when will this guy commit? Yeah, I don't think that the uh, the coaches can afford Trent to put all the marbles in one in one bag, so to speak. I, I think. Uh, Julian Sayan and Jaden Davis both have to get a really hard look in this class. My opinion is that Jaden Davis is the one they want more, but uh, you know, I'd be love to hear what you guys think on the situation. Yeah, we looked at it. Uh, you know, we talked about this when when the Arch situation, and I said they could afford to put all their eggs in, in Arch's basket and miss on him and be okay, and with the quarterback stand on campus, they can't afford to do that in twenty in, in the next class in the twenty four class because. Uh, because there's a bigger need at the position. They didn't really have the need at that position in this class because of what they've recruited the past couple of years. But they do have that need uh, in 24, and I think you'll see a different approach because they they knew what they had on campus uh, when they were recruiting Arch, and they, they still took their shot. And although they missed, it was okay because they didn't have to have a backup plan. That I think you'll see a different approach, and I think – but I do think Jaden Davis is the number one guy, the, the number one target. And I, and I do think there's a couple other uh, say in and, and, and those guys, I, th- I think they're, they're on the radar. And I, but, I, but I do think uh, it, looking at the number one guys, him. You know, another thing that, that we don't talk about a whole lot is that uh, because it's a rather new concept, Jed, there's some 2025 guys that – I'm hearing, you know, I, I can't say their names because they've kind of asked not to, but there's some 2025 quarterbacks that may be thinking about reclassifying to 2024. So then it comes, okay, how much do you like this quarterback over over the one that's currently in the class and, and you know, where do they stand, things of that nature. So this reclassification deal is going to become a bigger and bigger issue as time goes forward, I believe. Yeah, and, and we've already seen that with uh, a 24 guy they have, Tavani Mizell, reclassification to 23 is still on the table for him as well. So, um, like you said, Trent, Georgia's not going all in on one guy. They're saying there's Davis, there's the recruiting DJ Lagway as well. I know Todd Munkin's been to see him practice a couple times. 
Um, there's somebody else that uh, mm-hmm. small brain can't remember right now. But point is, they're they're not going all on one guy. I, the the way the timelines look right now, it looks like Saiyan is probably going to commit first. He's looking at early October. Davis, I mean, I don't think anyone anything would be coming with him until the, the new year at least. So I think if Saiyan wanted to jump on board, they'd take him and and be done with it. But, uh, oh, Dylan Raiola, that's the one. I'm sure George is going to keep after Dylan Raiola as well. But, um, yeah, it's like a 1A, 1B thing. I think Davis might be the the one slightly higher on the list. But if Saiyan wants to go ahead and jump on board, they'd have no problem taking him. And Marlon Green makes a good point. Definitely need Davis next class. Recruits will follow him. The thing about Jaden Davis is that he is from the North Carolina area. So much, you know, I know that Georgia recruits national now, but I mean, having somebody from the Southeast, that kind of thing to be the the, the so-called leader of a class uh, could have an impact as well. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how the quarterback uh, situation plays out. That's always the that's always the the big one, right? Is is what's going to happen? Everybody was honed in on on Arch. It came down to Georgia and Texas. We all know that he uh, ended up going with the Longhorns. So now Georgia has to bounce back in the class of twenty twenty four. Can't afford to miss two classes in a row at quarterback. That's uh, that's that's a that's not a not a good thing. We'll take a couple more questions here on youtube uh any of you guys in the youtube comments i uh, want to throw anything in there we'll take some of those before we get out of here but uh jed trent any anything you know coming up anything that we need to be on the on the lookout for i know uh guys committing next i know tyler williams is going to be making a decision uh on september 27th uh, I believe, uh, you know, I'm not sure if there's anybody, you know, scheduled in between now and then. So uh, it seems like that might be the next guy out there, Jed. Yeah, I think something to watch this week is September 1st and coaches could start reaching out to 24 pros- 20, 2024 prospects directly. We'll be watching Twitter because these guys are all posting these coaches. They're these recruiting staff, not even coaching staff, send out edits. They're calling guys. You got multiple coaches calling guys. Um, we were just talking about, I'm sure, um, Jaden Davis and Julian Sane are going to have Georgia coaches hitting them up right at midnight. Or I don't I wonder if, um, Julian Sane, if it's midnight Eastern time or Pacific time, but, but anyway, doesn't matter that if Georgia needs to have somebody stay up till 3 a.m. to, to text Julian Sane, they will, but that's going to be interesting. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a time zone of wherever. I'm I'm sure that all the rules are being followed to the T by all of these schools. So I nobody's talking to four prospects at all. I mean, yeah, nobody's talking to them right now. I mean, are you? Jeez, they probably they they probably locked their number in a vault like it was a chastity belt or something over there, just so they didn't, you know accidentally call someone you know it's just crazy stuff right there but uh fred says were you guys shocked about the uh evans decision i mean i don't know if shocked is the word because you you kind of expect the unexpected now in recruiting but i 100 thought he was thought he was going there i talked to the young man two days before his his commitment and man uh without uh, saying a hundred percent you know i'm going to to georgia he was he was certainly talking up, and I gave him every opportunity to talk up Oklahoma, and it didn't didn't occur that way. So it seemed like it to me we had sources inside of Georgia uh, thinking the exact same that he was headed to Georgia. So yeah, it was a it was a pretty big uh, departure from what we expected right there 
at the end. Um, a little hypothetical on the Texas end, uh, Trent, yours uh, was a perfect 1,000 recruit. Would Manning stay? I guess he's meaning if, you know, if uh, Quinn Ewers, um, you know, decided, to, you know, played well this year, and then, of course, he'll be there for one more year. If, if Ewers beats out Manning next year in the spring when they play, I mean, do you think that's going to have any uh, – any impact on him or does he kind of expect to sit for a year? I, I don't think it's going to have an impact one way or the other. Cause I think yours, if he has a good year this year and then, you know, he's going into his, you know, his third year and I guess Manning would be his freshman year. He would have the chance to take over his sophomore year. So I don't really see it being a big impact. Most, most of these kids. And I, and I think Arch had said it in the past that he's okay with sitting uh, as, as a freshman. He's, he's not, one of those kids expects to just come in and, and earn a starting position as a freshman. So I, I think it would be a situation where he would sit for a year behind yours and then take over uh, the year later. Now, will yours have the year everybody's expecting? That's to be determined because I'm still not sold that Texas is going to be very good. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jerry Dogs fan says, where is UGA with Quay Russo and James Smith? Did a stock analysis not too long ago, Jed, said that things were kind of trending down with uh, Roussaw and Smith. As of right now, I would expect him to end up uh, elsewhere. But I will say this, you know, Jed, there's long tradition there. Um, there's long tradition there when it comes to uh, Kirby Smart and that and, and Glenn Schumann and that Montgomery area. Uh, the guys, you know, that, that – that, Quay Russaw and, and James Smith train with. Uh, they're very close to them. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't count Georgia out of it, but it seems like that's maybe trending in the opposite direction right now. Yeah, it's one of those recruitments that's got a long way to go because there's there's all the smoke with them about, like, being the package deal that's actually a package deal, right? And Georgia is one of the schools that's – I would say Georgia's in it for both of them, but like you said, there's Auburn, there's – uh, Alabama, there's Florida, there's uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ohio State is winning it in it. Yeah. With them. Um, Florida, so- Florida, and Ohio State and Alabama all are really uh, heavily kind of in a mix for for those right there. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Georgia would have to lean on every bit of their connections to the Montgomery area, I think, to to pull that one out. But I don't think you're going into the, just being candid. I don't think you're going into the state of Alabama. Uh, anymore under the uh, <laughs> under the new um, the new structure of recruiting without having a, a pretty pretty decent NIL package uh, lined up. So we'll see see what has to come out there. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting um, to see if they if they stay in it with with, uh, with Russell and Smith. And then last one here, Ted says uh, Samuel Pimmel will be a dog. Uh, Trent, I think uh, I think Georgia has a really good shot with Samuel and Pima, especially Gabe Harris, uh, Georgia commit, now a teammate of his at IMG. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's kind of been uh, – I mean, I, I guess it's been uh, – Georgia's been kind of trending there for a while. But uh, I, I think Georgia sits in a, in a very good spot. Uh, it, you're not going to, you know, hear one way. I think he's going to take his visits in the fall, uh, you know, continue to evaluate the process, but I do think George is the team to beat moving into September. Absolutely. Well, guys, we've, we've kind of covered it all. We'll have uh, this show available full replay on 
ugasports.com tomorrow on that we'll also have it on the podcast feed as well um you know we're gonna have we we had this week already come out our fall in the future where we keep up with prospects on friday nights i guess that's something we can touch on real quick before we uh head off here i'm going to see uh saint pius travel to jefferson to watch sammy brown uh over there and also uh jefferson's got a couple other young younger guys that are starting to make some noise over there so good Jefferson program uh where are you guys headed this uh, this Friday night to go watch watch prospects I think I'm going to North Cobb Buford me and Trent took in that matchup last year and saw guys like Denylon Morissette Marquise Groves Killebrew um Isaiah Bond a big game last year um a guy I'm interested to see is David I believe it's Ezio Mume I'm not sure from North Cobb he's listed as all-purpose back on rivals has a Georgia offer I know Georgia had been in contact I haven't be honest, I haven't checked in with him in a while, but I wonder if that's another guy Georgia could kick the tires on at running back in 23. So plan on getting some film with him. And then, of course, you got Buford with all these from a Georgia perspective, 24 guys. King Joseph Edwards has a shoulder injury. He's out, but you've got Jaden Perlotti at 25. A linebacker, K.J. Bolden, someone people want to know about. Edric Houston, all these guys. So, um, yeah, that should uh, should be a good one. Trent, you got a game you're going to head to? I'm just waiting for Jed to tell me where to go. So I'm just waiting for the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Our national recruiting analysts will tell us where to go. People call your people. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, real time negotiation here on this stuff. Well, we appreciate everybody tuning in to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts presented by Auto Owners Insurance in partnership with Turner Wood and Smith Insurance Agency. So thank you for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, turn on notifications, and uh, tune in to – it's game week, so tune in to uh, Coach Donnan and Roddy and Dane tomorrow on uh, UJ Sports Live. We'll catch you guys next time on UJ Sports Rumors versus Facts.